Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Thursday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn ZB. We're looking back at Wednesday, and um, we've got a bit of a mask debate back on. For some reason, I don't know why. Uh, Siri wants Marcus dead, apparently. But before any of that, um, gangs. Yep, uh, apparently drive-by shootings aren't technically illegal or something, and so they're going to fix that up. Sounds like a good idea. So the government of the day has been accused of being soft on crime. It's a message that's been trotted out for months and months and months now, and certainly they've made some big errors. This is their attempt to redress that and prove to us, the unsuspecting public, that they know where to hit gangs. They're going to hit them where it hurts. Does it go far enough is our question. And what would you like to be seen done? Hello, David. Uh, Gangs. Hate them with a passion. Mm -hmm. I see them driving down the road on their motorbikes. I'd like to run them over purely because my son's joined one. I've tried getting him into work. I think he's working at the moment, but he still associates with them after work and all that. But um, his, his motto to me was it's tax-free and I don't have to have to work and listen to some dumbass at a, at, a, at a factory or something like that when I can go out and do whatever I want and get money for it. Um, he used to put on social media what he was doing, uh, wearing gloves and that, so there's no evidence. Um, hooning around the streets with the guys, taking stuff off people, just randomly going out and beating people up. They're owed money. Um, that's what I, I, I sort of got out of him. But, I mean, he, he doesn't really want to have much to do with me because I'm trying to put him on the straight and narrow. Mm. Um, and he's told me that respect's earned. And I said, well, I'm your father. And he's like, no, he said, you've got to earn my respect. And, you know, I'm, I'm frustrated. I'm angry. Every time I see a motorbike going down that road that's associated with a gang, I want to run him over. Mm-hmm. Um, my theory for this, and, and Kitty Allen, people don't join gangs overnight. My son joined the gang overnight. So I don't know where she's getting those statistics from. I guess her point is they don't join gangs overnight. There's a long um, preceding sort of period where family dysfunction, maybe violence um, and discord within that family unit has broken down. Well, yeah, yeah, well we're, he's from a broken family. Me and his mum broke up when he was pretty much a baby. But I'd stayed in his life the whole time. I took him to rugby. Comp- um, when he was playing rugby, I was always at a game. Yeah, it's a good point. That's a bit of a mystery, isn't it? How can somebody who played rugby join a gang? What a mystery. Um, does Andrew Dickens have any answers? It's a bit like Simon Bridges swaggering around, uh, shouting out, Strike Force Raptor! Strike Force Raptor! And that is the great debate, that's the great problem uh, with the debate on law and order. It's all the grandstanding and the exaggeration from a whole lot of politicians who actually have no idea on frontline policing. So the recent crime that created all of this, the crime wave, was it really a crime wave? If you look at the statistics, serious crimes are actually down. However, in reality, we did have a gang war between two particular gangs, which ended out in 23 houses being shot. But there was a bit of politicking there. It's a crime wave. Is that an explosion of gun violence on the streets? That's what Christopher Luxon told his London audience last week. An explosion of gun violence on the streets. A lot of people are saying, well, this is proof that our post-terrorist attack gun laws failed. Look, they're shooting at each other. Well, I have to say, no houses got shot with an AR-15 or any other military-style semi-automatic, which is what we banned. Uh, Most of the shooting was your common or garden shotgun. You could tell from all the pellet marks. And the odd high-power hunting rifle that put five neat holes in a window. So I feel that all this rhetoric that the police are soft on crime repeated over and over again by opposition politicians or commentators who are doing it for their own popularity actually does more damage to the mana of the police than any government's policies. Because in my eyes, the police are in fact professionals. 
They eyeball the bad guys. And I'd rather we let the cops do their job and tell us what they need rather than the politicians pretending to think they know what they need. Yeah, it's been a bit of a common theme for the week, actually. Um, yeah, the government just not quite taking enough expert advice when they should, from whom they should. Um, I, I'm not saying that they should be taking advice from Andrew Dickens necessarily or even Kate Hawkesby. I, I mean, she's got some great advice, though. I mean, they seem impossible to stop. Even if security or police had been near, can you stop five determined robbers with bats? And is that part of the problem? You know, they know that. They know they won't be stopped. It's like the teens who were interviewed after the ram raiding about why they do it. And they said they do it because they know they'll get away with it. They know the police will do nothing. I mean, you know, good on them for their honesty. But how depressing. There's been a gradual, which I think is now seismic actually, shift away from policing and enforcement and towards crime and violence. And turning that around seems nigh on impossible. The new police minister, Chris Hipkins, uh, he says he's not interested in the tough-on-crime debate, probably because he knows they've already lost it. They're not tough on anything. Soft-on-crime is their problem. Nationals police spokesperson Mark Mitchell, he jumped on this as soon as Hipkins said it, and he said if his initial response is to say that he doesn't want to be seen as tough-on-crime, then it doesn't seem like he's having a very good start, is what Mark Mitchell said. And here's the worry. Crime is beyond a problem now. I think it's actually an attitude. And the attitude is, I'll get away with it. That's a really hard thing to turn around. And even harder when you've got a series of police ministers who say they're not interested in any talk about being tough on crime. Yeah, okay. Um, So we haven't quite solved that gang issue and and, uh, violence against cops issue yet, have we? Uh, we'll keep working on that one. Uh, it turns out we haven't solved COVID either. Um, it's still happening, and yet people really hate wearing masks. What's all that about? What do you think are common sense rules that you turn up if you're not feeling, you know, if you're feeling fine and you're returning a, a negative rat, you're not showing any signs of illness, but you're still a household contact. Should you be able to show up for work? I would say yes. If you're feeling fine, your rat's negative, turn up. Would you make mask wearing mandatory? Do you encourage the school pupils in your household to wear masks when they go to school? If you are in a public-facing job, if you're in retail, if you're in hospo, if you're somebody that meets and greets a lot of people, say you're a sales rep, do you wear a mask when you're out and about, just as a precaution? Or would you rather let the virus do as it will, you back yourself to get through it, you're fit, healthy and strong, hoots were haying off. Because at the moment we're, people, we're working with people, some of whom choose to wear masks, and they're absolutely fine. Others prefer not to. There are no strict rules within our company, but I imagine if people started getting sick, if people were, if the company started to be decimated with staff absences, then we'd probably see a return to mask wearing or a work from home rule. 
we got to the place that we were asking for, really, which is that we make decisions for ourselves, for our families, for our schools and for our companies that make sense to us. So what makes sense to you? Unfortunately, and I found this very depressing yesterday morning, it, it queued a lot of people who just really hate wearing masks ringing in and, and claiming things like, oh, masks actually uh, worse for your health uh, because you know, it's forcing you to rebreathe your own bacteria and stuff like this. I mean, the, the stats just don't back that kind of thing up, and it's just so frustrating. Like, the stats actually show you, you reduce your risk of getting COVID, for example, by about half. But they say, oh, you know, so-and-so wore a mask the whole time and still got COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I mean, I got COVID because I got home from a trip, hugged my daughter, not realising that she had COVID. You know? That, that... Anyway... Calm down, Glen ZB. Uh, we're going to finish up here uh, with Marcus trying to stay calm, even though it seems like Siri has malevolent intent. I am talking tonight about three things. Getting lost, as Richard pointed out. Losing your car when you forget where you've parked it. And also the incredible frustration I feel and the love that I've lost for Google Maps and Siri. I'm not wired to handle that. Find my way to this place, find my way to this place. Okay, find my way to that place, and they're sending me somewhere else. Jeepers. I don't know how, how calm some of those units are out there in the real world, how they're getting by, but boy, oh boy, certainly wound me up. Halfway. And the weird thing for me was because my cell phone was connected with a like a charging cord to the screen in my car that also shows the Google Maps. But they had two. One was sending me to Middleton, is that the place? The other one was sending me to Timidu, and I couldn't work out which one was talking to me. It felt like an existential crisis. And I would imagine before too long, Siri wants me dead. That or Google Maps, and they're going to put me under a bus or something like that. Very happy with it when I'm walking because I can concentrate on it. I can look at the screen. Oh, that's where it's sending me. But very hard also to work out which is, where you, which is your destination and which is your car. I mean, other people must handle this. I don't know how, because I certainly can't. Um, I think his problem is he's trying to use Google Maps and Siri, because uh, really Siri is designed to be used with Apple Maps. Um, they've just done a big update uh, here in New Zealand, and uh, their maps are better than ever. We're, we're, we've got a sort of a new version of Apple Maps. We're, we're the 11th country, only the 11th country in the world to have the cool new version. Got lots of landmarks and things like that. Um, you can even navigate your way right into a shopping mall to the shop that you want and that, that sort of thing. It's pretty cool. Uh, so he should be using that, probably, and then it'll all work out for the best. I'm Glenn ZB. Uh, that has been News Talk ZB. That's my little tech advice for you, Marcus. I hope, I'm sure you're listening. Why wouldn't you be? I mean, everybody is, right? Uh, that, that's been News Talk ZB for Thursday. We'll be back with another one tomorrow. See you then. Uh, maybe uh, ask Siri to set a reminder so you don't forget. 